I'm Dan O'Donnell. Welcome to another edition of The Difference, the intersection of politics and economics. Alongside my co-host, the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management, Dave Spano. Dave, this week we're seeing that intersection of politics and economics more than almost any other week in recent memory, especially for those of our listeners who live in Wisconsin and particularly the Milwaukee metro area. The Republican-controlled state legislature has announced a funding deal with the Milwaukee Brewers that would see the state of Wisconsin kick in $411 million, the city of Milwaukee and Milwaukee County $202 million, and the brewers an additional $100 million to cover the cost of capital improvements that Miller Park, now American Family Field, needs. It would also extend the lease out until 2050. Do you believe that this is a good deal for taxpayers? Well... I got to tell you, so I, I have a different perspective, Dan. And one of those things is I, I sat on what was called the stadium board. It's a representative of the taxpayers. And to make sure that the money that they put into the stadium was spent correctly. And one of the things that the stadium board had to oversee was this thing called the segregated reserve fund. You know, back when County Stadium, the predecessor to American Family Field, you know, bricks were falling off of the County Stadium because it wasn't maintained. And therefore, we what we had to do is, is set this aside to make sure that it stayed up to date with other parks, with 75% of other parks. And so that money came from two things, from the interest on the bonds and the entrance that was coming through, number one. And number two, it came from tax revenues. Well, there was this matrix that we put together, Dan, that showed that we weren't going to get there in the allotted time. And so the tax was extended and extended and extended to make sure we met those needs. Well, that tax was put to bed about three or four years ago. And now the stadium didn't have the revenue to keep up with all of the expenses that they say that they need. That's the predecessor. That's the context of what's going on here. The fact of the matter is the economic impact of a major league baseball team is significant. The case of the Milwaukee Brewers, it's $20 million a year of annual revenues coming from players that play here and from other events. So that is the reason why we do want to have it. We do think the economic impact is good. But there are people who aren't going to approve of this, Dan. You know, some are calling it a bailout again. So uh, we'll have to see how the vote comes down. Well, the reality is that this is money that is in the lease. So unless the Southeast Wisconsin Ballpark District, which is a governmental corporation, a governmental entity that is got board members that are appointed by the governor, that various local leaders, this is an obligation that taxpayers do have. Whether you want to call it a, a bailout for billionaire owners and millionaire players, and I know a lot of people see it that way. The reality is this is money that is required to be paid under the terms of the lease. So there was a time that the bonds were in place that some people wanted to cut off the tax to pay this. Well, that would hurt the credibility of every other state-issued bond if they would have done that. I don't even know if legally if they could have done that. But that bond was issued based on the fact that there was tax revenue coming in to support that debt. So I just wanted to throw that in there. The park is owned by the taxpayers. And when I'm saying there's people who don't like this, 
Some are saying that we should not be in the ballpark business, that why don't you just turn the whole park over to the ownership and then they can pay for it all. You're going to hear these arguments, I would say, over you know over the conversation in the next several weeks. Does that ultimately make sense, though? Because there's revenue here that the ballpark does generate. As you said, just in sales tax revenue from player salaries, it tops $20, $25 million. And I can tell you just from observing the way salaries have gone in professional sports, they don't tend to go down. I don't know if you've right. noticed this, Dave. <laughs> salaries tend to increase exponentially. You also get shared revenue uh, that comes in from Major League Baseball itself with respect to money that goes to clubs from TV rights packages, things like that. That. So this is. By the way, just saw the other day that you know Michael Jordan's first contract, and I may get this. Yes, wrong, no, I saw this exact same meme. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, go ahead. So it was eight point six million dollars was Michael Jordan's first contract with the Chicago Bulls back in nineteen eighty four when he signed as a rookie, and this was huge money. $8.6 million over the course of seven or eight years. Nineteen eighty four. This is thirty nine years ago. He now makes, off of his Nike endorsement deal for the Air Jordan brand, $8.6 million every six days. All right? I mean, this is how the business of sports... Right. This is how the business of sports has changed. That's funny that you see that. That was all over my Facebook feed. And by the way, if you want uh, to watch a, a thoroughly entertaining movie, did you see Air... Uh, yes, about for the sure. oh, oh yeah, I, I figured that would be right sure. up your alley, my friend. I oh, mean, yeah. she she did an amazing oh, job. Oh, just the the, the 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 uh, Michael's mother, whose name is now escaping me, James and Juanita was it Juanita Jordan? Uh, just struck the amazing. And then at the end of the negotiation, she said, "Oh, there's just one more thing." As she's closing the deal with with Nike, I don't want to spoil it. She says, "It's nothing really." I mean, everybody knows the story. She says, "It's nothing really," but. And I'm sure it's standard for all players. Michael should get a percentage of every shoe sold, right? <laughs> You're like, uh, I guess nobody has ever had that. But yes, I guess he gets it. And of course, the rest was history. Jordan goes on to be the best player of all time. Uh, he's, I believe, worth somewhere in the neighborhood of 2 to $3 billion. I mean, it was it's easily the most significant endorsement deal in the history, not just of professional sports, but I think that in the history of endorsement deals, it's just an incredible business partnership that Jordan and Nike have had. And we have sort of this partnership that I think can be mutually beneficial between the Brewers and Milwaukee County, City of Milwaukee, State of Wisconsin, the the counties that make up the stadium tax district. I guess what you and I sort of both agree on, though, Dave, is when both of us, I think, saw in March of 2020, it sort of got overshadowed by, of course, the outbreak of coronavirus and the, the COVID-19 lockdowns that started just a couple of days afterwards. When the stadium sales tax was sunsetted, it was known that these improvements were going to be needed. Do you think that was a huge tactical mistake? You look at the history of what was going on. By the way, before we go on, Viola Davis was the actress. Oh, yeah. And she yep. was f- Fantastic as Jordan's mom. Sure Just tremendous. Right. Absolutely tremendous. Yeah. 
So do I think it was a bad idea to sunset? You know, I thought for those people, and I certainly want to, as you well know, a person who tries to do as much as we can for our clients to reduce their tax obligation, you know, I thought, boy, if you're not going to use it for the stadium, which they need it, why wouldn't you need it for another source, you know, another economic impact for the city or the county? You know, they had an obligation. They had marching orders to cease that. You know, I know the current board feels a little differently, but I think it should have been left in place. But uh, that's just my opinion. But now we're going to go back and say, is it another billionaire bailout? You know, is it good for the park? Is it good for the city? I stand that at the economic impact of having a Major League Baseball team in your city is significant and we should have done it if you need a second look at your portfolio and i know everybody does right if you want to know what you own why you own it if you want analysis of your portfolio like you get on this podcast where we analyze everything from the fed's market moves to Best Actress nominations for Viola Davis. She totally deserves one, by the way. She was that, yep. but she was fantastic in that movie. Yep. Uh, 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 Sonny Vaccaro, uh, Matt Damon, stars as Sonny Vaccaro. And actually, my younger brothers... Uh, I don't know how he puts on all that weight, man. I'll tell oh, you. Oh, they, they, they all, him, easy. Christian Bale, they, they go right. up, they go down. Ben Affleck was very, very good as founder of Nike, whose name I am now totally blanking on. Phil, Phil Knight, nice. thank you, thank yeah. you. The barefoot executive, and just very well acted, very well written. Actually, my brother's girlfriend, her childhood friend, wrote the screenplay. So I am campaigning wow. hard for best original screenplay for air because I've got a family connection for that. But nice. if you want analysis of your portfolio, in addition to just being able to work with someone as well-rounded in his interests and pursuits as Dave Spano, I highly recommend you go to AnnexWealth.com, get a review of your portfolio. It's called a wealth metric. Again, know what you own, why you own it. Uh, Federal yeah, how about, Reserve. How about auto stocks? How about that? There's something. That oh, means, yeah, why, geez, why are those I, in your yeah. Well, I'll tell you what. How about the price of autos? I, I had a son turn 16 a couple of days ago, and we were considering getting a used car. I've got an older 2015 Toyota Highlander, which he's going to drive, and it's got almost 100,000 miles on it. It needs a little bit of work, just standard upkeep, but it's a Toyota, so it'll run forever. I actually thought about getting a slightly newer model for him, lower mileage. It is cost prohibitive to do so. Used right. cars, not mm -hmm. just Toyotas, every used car Every new car, the the cost is astronomically more expensive. Now you've got the United Auto Workers on strike against the big three automakers. Dave, what does this mean for consumers? Well, it, it certainly could push up the price of a vehicle. You're looking right now, according to the Ford CEO, that auto workers want three hundred thousand dollars fully fringed and a four day work week. I that's mean, that's insane. Make your eyebrows. Okay, yeah, I'm sorry. That that's that's yeah. utterly insane. If that's the real yeah. proposal, that's laughable on its face. So that's the reason why you know think about you know nurses, firefighters, police, teachers. You know who look at that and go, wait a second. People are going to look at that and see and see if that is an appropriate proposal. But what it's going to do to the price of a vehicle? And Ford says they can't afford it; that they would go bankrupt over the term if this does go through. So they're going to go back to the bargaining table and have to talk about this. But you know, I read some articles uh, recently that we might go from strike to lockout. 
And, you know, that lockout would not be any good because now these people who are trying to negotiate for a better pay, no one's saying that they shouldn't get a better paying uh, opportunity. What they're saying right now is, will the companies go bankrupt if they do that? The irony of this whole thing, Dan, is the reason why that this is happening is because of the transition to EVs. Two-thirds of the vehicles uh, are supposed to be EV vehicles in the next number of years. Well, the pro-union president is really behind this with this EV clause. I think it's a really ironic situation. Do you know why I think that's probably, that the EV revolution is not going to be as quick or complete as people are predicting? Because, because only of, a couple percent of cars are, are EVs Well, now. there's, there's that, and one. also the uh, energy secretary, Jennifer Granholm, uh, a couple of weeks ago, took a cross-country trip in a fleet of electric vehicles. Did you hear about this? No, I didn't. Tell okay, me. so obviously when you're when you're driving cross-country in EVs, you need to charge them. And anybody who drives an EV will tell you the biggest problem with them is there is no space at the chargers. The chargers are always being used, not typically in the city, but like in a, a gas station, sort of in between towns. People need to stop and charge. You don't want to be out of juice in the middle of nowhere. She had a couple of gas-powered vehicles in her entourage go up ahead of the fleet of EVs and essentially block an electric charging station, multiple electric charging stations, because they're on a tight schedule. They need to charge and go. Well, a family that was also on a road trip sees this gas-guzzling SUV blocking multiple charging stations calls the cops on the Department of Energy's vehicles. So the police officers come. They don't know that it's the Secretary of Energy who's coming in. And the police have to deal with this situation. But it goes to show there just aren't enough. It was like a scene from Veep. It was like Jennifer Granholm in that moment transformed into Julia Louis-Dreyfus. And it illustrates some of the infrastructural issues that we have and we have to solve, not the least of which is the massive strain on the power grid before we get a full transformation to an electric fleet. And by the way, so, you know, there's so much of the intersection. I mean, we, we just, we didn't, ran out of time today, but, yeah. you know, there's certainly the UAW and, you know, do plants move to Mexico? The right. Federal Reserve I, is meeting this week. Government shutdown is real, a real conversation. Real, real, real quick, no change expected in rates, right? They're going to hold steady. No, no, no change this week, perhaps not even in the next meeting. You know, they're pretty good about letting us know if they're going to raise rates or not. And it's, it's almost a 0% chance at this point. Once again, head to AnnexWealth.com for a look. Look at your portfolio for Dave Spano. He's the president and CEO of Annex Wealth Management. I'm Dan O'Donnell. Yet again, fun edition of The the Difference this week, Dave. Thank you for it. I had a lot of fun talking Thank with you. you. We'll talk to you, our listeners, next week right here on The Difference. Annex Wealth Management is a registered investment advisor. For more information about our firm, please visit AnnexWealth.com. The information in this podcast is for educational and entertainment purposes only and is subject to change without notice. Opinions expressed are those of the participants and don't necessarily reflect those of Annex Wealth Management, its producers, hosts, or guests. The host of this podcast is compensated for his endorsement of Annex Wealth Management. Information presented should not be considered as tax, legal, or investment advice, or recommendation or solicitation for the sale 
of any product or strategy. Listeners are encouraged to seek advice from qualified professionals to determine whether any information presented may be suitable for their specific situation. Investments involve risks. Neither Annex Wealth Management nor its podcast participants shall be liable for losses resulting from decisions based on information or viewpoints presented on this podcast.